Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. My colleague is Bruce Aldrich. I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group. Today, our guests are David Morton. He's going to be observing today, and he's the communications director uh, for Meekum Auction, our favorite auction, and also John Craman, the director of consignments and TV commentator and an analyst, and he knows everything about every car. So we're going to take, talk about Meekum Auctions uh, on the Monterey Auto Week, which is next month in August. So, gentlemen, welcome. Um, John, I'm going to start off. Yeah. But how, how are you guys? You guys are jumping all over the country, as always. It's great. Uh, we have 13 collector car auctions on our schedule this year. Just literally uh, completed a very successful uh, auction in Denver. In two weeks, we'll be in uh, Harrisburg for hopefully another record event. Yes. And then a couple weeks later, up to Monterey for kind of our hybrid auction, one of our favorite auctions because it allows us to operate outside of our normal box. Gotcha. We, Bruce and I have been a few times, uh, and we just marvel, uh, as this is old hat to you guys, but we just marvel at the, I'm only, the, I, I call, this morning I called it a live organism because you guys, <laughs> right until the last minute, guys are buffing the cars and you're moving fast, and, and you guys, it's just fantastic to watch. So could you just take us through how the, the three days progress and how many cars you expect in Monterey this year? A good overview of what you have going on. Sure. What you might find interesting is, is we set a target of 600 cars, that would be 200 cars a day. Uh, which is actually one of our smaller auctions, but our per dollar average is by far, the, by, by far the highest of any of our auctions. So I mentioned earlier this is a bit of a hybrid where we operate outside of our normal box. Um, very well known for 50s cars, muscle cars, Corvettes, hot rods, resto mods, uh, and a few exotics, a few European cars, but sure. that, that mix gets jumbled up where uh, this is a much greater focus on more expensive cars and also on European cars. Yes. And uh, boy, we've got a heck of a lineup coming up this year. We'll run roughly 200 cars each day. We'll yes. have great television coverage on NBCSN, schedule yet to be determined. Yes. Um, we're going to start at 9 o'clock with the first car every day, and there's a reason for that. We're called the daytime auctions. We right. all know yes. so much going on on the peninsula during yes. Right, uh, yes. During uh, Car Week here in Monterey, it's crazy. So what we do is we try to make it convenient for everybody uh, by having the only daytime auction. So we'll right. go from about 9 a.m. until about 4 p.m., giving everybody a chance to go do other things in the evening. And that has been our strategy since we started here, all the way going back to 2010, and it's really worked out well. We'll start at 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, a little bit earlier than normal, we start at 10. But again, it's to let everybody Come out to Meekum Auctions, buy or sell a car, spectate, doesn't matter, we invite everybody, and then give them time to do other things in the evening. Sure. Go to dinner, hang out, go to other auctions. It's, it's wonderful. Go ahead, Yeah, yeah the, the venue here in Monterey, now is, is it going to be up at the golf course again? Yes, yes, at the Del Monte, yeah, Hyatt Regency, the Del Monte uh, Golf Course, phenomenal facility. To come out and see yes. 600 world-class collector cars on display out on the fairway is awesome. On a beautiful lawn, yeah, beautiful you're walking lawn. around shade yeah. trees. It's really, it's Great really setting. impressive. Uh, a tip for your listeners if they want to go, and we invite spectators to come out, as long as you buy your ticket in advance online at Meekum.com, it's only $20. Right. I think it's the least expensive event you can do in Monterey. Exactly. And, much. If, and if you wait to come up to the gate the day of the auction, that's fine too. Then the price bumps up to $30. So we recommend to people go to Meekum.com, buy a ticket in advance, the events held rain or shine, beautiful auction venue inside a covered tent as well. and. Uh, 
There's food, food, food and beverage out there. The whole thing. Yep. All of the above. It's you can you can make a day of it for sure. The, the, few, the first year I came here, I think uh, I might have the years backwards, but there were specific things that were very in vogue. Like one year it was muscle cars, one year it was right. vintage pickup trucks, yep. and then the year Bruce and I came, it was the, he, the, he had a couple of the um, 22 or 24 window uh, VW vans. Yep. Uh, so this year is there something different that's come into vogue, or is it the same? Some of the same vehicles? Nope, something a little bit different this great, year and it's great. funny it's funny how that unfolds because we are dependent on what consigners want to bring to auction so right, we yeah. pick and choose and call people and say hey we're gonna do we're gonna specialize in you know vintage air cooled Porsches this year bring your car right. we we wait we open up the consignment process and then we wait and we see what sort of theme is developing and then we start promoting on top of that mm -hmm. this year big theme collections nine separate collections from some of the top collectors and we're talking cars we're talking pre-war classics mm -hmm. all the way up to modern era exotics Muscle Cars, which is a staple of Beacom Auctions, will have a presence here in Monterey. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. So an eclectic mix of collections is going to be sort of the headline news at this auction. A couple of them from estates and a couple of them just from collectors looking to sort of just change their faces and go off in a different direction. Right. How about a normal guy like me? I wanted to sell my uh, 68 Olds and it's worth... Fifteen grand. Some, you, I know you do a lot of stuff on the under ten thousand even. We do, and we do that here in Monterey. We call it inventory management. Here's how it works. Keep in mind, this is a three-day auction. It goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Friday and Saturday, we call our catalog days. The only auction we do this with. Every single car gets featured in the full-color catalog. That catalog, those positions are filled. The catalog is done. The photos are taken. The stories are written, and the catalog, as we speak, is out to the printers. So there's no more positions available for Friday and Saturday. Yes. We're really looking for fifty thousand dollars on up cars okay. in those segments. But yes, yes. entry level day, first day, Thursday, a strong day. Everything is welcome. So your sixty-eight olds worth fifteen thousand dollars, more than welcome. It's going to fit in very. If you decide to decide to enter it, would fit in very well with other cars that we have in the auction. So day one is going to be a, the affordable day. The next two days, Friday and Saturday, we'll have the most expensive cars on a on an average basis of any Mecham auction on our schedule. This, from a car count, this will be one of our smaller auctions at 600 yes. cars, but it'll, out of 13 auctions, it'll be probably our fourth or fifth highest grossing in total dollars. Right. And that all boils back down to the fact that these are typically very expensive cars. But we like that entry-level day, normal, traditional Mecham customers, affordable cars. We want to make sure they have an opportunity it's, to join it's a, it's a car, it's not a car show, but it seems to an uh, average public, it's like a car show for like every man, because you can see the exotics there, and you can see the... The ten thousand dollar cars and motorcycles, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I call it a car show with a pulse, and I think that that's an accurate. I think that's an accurate. You know, we all go to car shows, and it's great, but there's something a little bit extra about the magic of the cars moving and rumbling, and then of course the auction environment itself. Bruce, you mentioned motorcycles. Motorcycles the last two, three years have been a huge part of this Monterey auction. Yes. It just sort of has evolved into that. It's also a motorcycle-centric area. We've got fifty or sixty great vintage motorcycles selling on all literally on all three days so for folks that want to come out just as a spectator you're going to see some great motorcycles you'll see some great cars you'll see great trucks you'll see stuff you've never heard of before and you'll see stuff that you would expect to see you know corvettes and camaros yes. and coudes the normal stuff will be there as well what's fun what's fun too excuse me sure, uh, what's fun is you know you look at a car and what is the thing worth and maybe some guys have a little for sale sign and it's X, but you know, what's it really worth? Well, you get to find out here. 
right? Well, it goes across the auction block, you can see what it's worth. That's exactly right. You know, the fact that Mecham Auctions is a reserve auction allowing our consigners to enter the car with a protected price, that reserve price, that's huge because it takes it takes all the it takes all the stress, all the anxiety out of bringing a car to an auction. If somebody brings a car to a Mecham Auction that does not sell, they simply take it home. We'll sell at Monterey, we'll sell about 65, maybe 70 percent of all the entries. Uh, so we do a great job, and that's pretty consistent with our other auctions as well. But not everybody that brings a car is going to sell it, and that's not necessarily bad news because they were not forced to take less than what they wanted for it. And I think that's one reason why we continue to grow. We are the world's largest collector car auction company, handling about 20,000 vehicles annually. And I think we get those kind of numbers because we take, there's a lot of comfort with a potential seller that, you know, if it doesn't hit their target, they don't have to sell it. We were talking in a couple of different areas, which what you were saying on, what, um, it may sound naive, but it, it just seems to be that there are more and more cars and more and more auction houses, not to name the others, but where, where they, is it because of an aging population? Is there some... Uh, Seems like an ever-increasing ever increasing pool number of, of, cars of classic cars. Are they, are they dropping from trees? Where are they coming from? <laughs> you know, it's there's this is a this is a common topic in the collector car world yeah. um, about inventory and the aging and the demographics yeah. and you know you're talking with the new cars with electric and autonomous starting to be more sure. and more prevalent buzzwords. But here's here's what we're seeing. And again, this is you know I'm a lifelong car guy. This is yes. my own personal thoughts, looking at it objectively. I don't think that there's been a point in time in our history, car culture, where there's been more of an interest in general with automobiles. Now that doesn't yes. mean that every single person is going to be enamored with old or new cars, mm -hmm. certainly not the case. But I think the fact that you've got so many auctions, television shows, and just overall interest in cars, the manufacturers, uh, you know, with Corvette Reveal is going to be coming out yes. uh, shortly, the brand new Corvette, the C8 mid-engine car, never have seen the kind of buzz on a new Corvette as that. No. But you know, James, you mentioned the aging demographic, and you're right, but the younger people are aging at the same rate that we are, and that's what I think, that's the ingredient we all need to remember. 50 years old seems to be about the age group where, about the age limit, where a guy or a gal that wants something fun in a car, whether it be a new special interest car or a vintage car, kids are grown, their job is established, maybe they're making a little bit more money than they used to, yes. they don't quite have the bills, and they've got that extra capability. So uh, I'm optimistic that as the, as me, being right in the middle of the baby boomer market, I'm a car guy, car buyer, car collector yeah. myself, I think as we age, I think there's going to be enough interest, and so far there's that indication that this, this is going to continue. Something about the heritage in America, not talking about about other countries that like cars too, but there's something about American heritage, cars, old cars, and of course the younger folks now, what do they like? Old cars with modern updates, yes, rest of my yes, pro yes, tours, right. hotter yep. than ever. So I'm optimistic about the future, right. honestly I am. Not a sales pitch. Not, also, uh, we, we, we noticed the last couple of years you had kind of, what were we calling it? The, Oh, the, the sale after. The, the sale after. Bid goes on. loser corral. The bid goes yeah. on. Is bid that, goes as well, is that going to continue? And and you can contact an owner individually and that kind of thing as well if he doesn't meet it? Because we, we saw a number of those cars, not, not a lot of them, but a number of them that, that didn't quite meet it. But there's another chance, so to speak. There is, and it's our trademark name, The Bid Goes On. And it's a double-edged sword because mm -hmm. as, as popular as our TV shows are and as many people come to our auctions in person, People are seeing that if the car doesn't sell, uh, and this could be the be from both either perspective of a buyer or a seller, yeah. 
let's take our time and take a deep breath and try to put a deal together. Which is good because we put deals together. Roughly 10% of all the vehicles we sell or sold via bid goes on. The bad news is it's our business and our business model depends on selling that car on the block. Yes, yes. That way we know that it's sold. If you let the car say, well, we'll let bid goes on work it, yeah, there's a chance that we'll be able to put together a deal. But your best opportunity is still while that vehicle's up on the red carpet to try to get it sold. But as always, we'll have four full-time guys working the bid goes on process. And in an auction like our Monterey auction with about 600 vehicles, We'll probably sell 50, 60 cars off the block. Once they've left, they go back to their parking position with a sticker in the window indicating this car is still for sale. The high bid gets posted on that sticker, so a potential buyer knows that whatever that high bid is is not going to buy the car. They're going to have to raise it somewhat. So you guys kind of know where the money is, and you were talking like sort of behind the words that you were using that maybe Monterey is where there's a lot of cash. Big buyers will be here, and top cars will be here. I don't uh, think there's, absolutely. That's, do you have like a list? In other words, if I was just a, 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 a seller in Des Moines, Iowa, and, and you have 13 auctions coming up, could I sell it anywhere? Could I say I want it in Monterey? Well, part of, yes, but part of what we do is, is when we get a, a call, an inquiry from a potential seller, um, we find out all the typical information about the car, what they think it's worth, what we think it's worth, and then just as importantly, what's going to be the best strategy for placing that car in an auction where the car's got the best shot. And it may be that an auction closer to that person's location might be better if for no other reason than travel expense of you know, hauling a car, it's not inexpensive to transport a car across country these days. Sure. In fact, it's quite expensive. And then, uh, you know, we were talking about it earlier, the cost of lodging at a high-density event such as Monterey, honestly, it's prohibitive for a lot of people. Right. Uh, five, six hundred dollar night hotel rooms with three, four night minimums pretty much across the board here. So, yeah. um, so you have advisors that, that talk through all this stuff. Oh, we have a full, we have a full oh, staff okay. of full-time consignment agents that are in the office on the telephone, on the computer, non-stop, full-time dealing with uh, these inquiries. Oh, that's impressive. I had no yeah. idea. We have our corporate headquarters are located in Walworth, Wisconsin. There's about 150 full-time employees there that do not travel to the auctions. They are strictly in the office uh, to make sure that we're taking care of inquiries and we're processing paperwork for not only the next auction that's coming up, but for the future auctions as well. On the other hand, we bring in anywhere between two and 300 people that are not full-time ECOM employees to run the auctions on site. Yes. And that includes 40 of us on the television crew, plus virtually every other um, person that we need for security, check-in, settlement, yes. um, car pushers, car drivers, the auction staff. Um, it's, a, it's a huge logistic effort. 13 full-time semis, full-time with our all of our stage gear. It is like a, I tell people, it's like an NBA uh, basketball final and a Rolling Stones concert rolled into one from, from a logistic standpoint. And I, I really don't think I'm exaggerating much. No, but, but we're on audio, of course, but visually, what's very impressive is, as I mentioned earlier, from those guys who were buffing the car at the absolute last second, to the to the the flow of the whole thing, it's just it's so it's orchestrated, you know. And it's just it just keeps going, and there's never. I mean, there's there might be a little hiccup once in a blue moon, but for that day, it's, I don't see them. No, 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 it's mastery. All. It's just it's yeah. just like look at that, how smooth that is. So 
How does that get corn? Is there people with headphones everywhere and you guys are going? And part two of the same question is, how do you keep it going? You know an incredible amount of stuff for almost every here. Tell us about just that whole, um, what do you call that, the parade, if you will, or the show. It's, it's a fantastic show. Well, as you'd imagine, there's a lot of moving parts, and all of us depend on that other moving part. We all serve a specific role. I'm really lucky that in my particular role as the lead TV commentator analyst, that my particular skill sets uh, get to be utilized on the show, talking about cars, of course, and then tying in historical data from that same time period. We talk about pop culture and music fashion uh, we try not to get too far controversial we want to keep it want to keep it uh, you know focused on the cars and the auction action but the the aptitude and the drive and the energy of the other people that you don't see or hear right. on television they're they're just as intense yes and just as taking job ownership of their own positions to make sure that all those pieces stay in place this company dates back to 1988 and there have been a handful of key people. Dana Meekham, our company founder, still heavily involved with it. His four sons, a couple of other very key people, our vice president of operations, Harold Gerdes. These are the guys that are working sort of behind the scenes yes. to make sure that all the pieces are in place. And they're just, you know, they're like the they're like the Wizard of Oz. They're making sure that everything, everybody and everything is moving the way that it should. Because you make a good point, James. We don't there's no stops, there's no breaks, it's not from the first car to the last, yeah. it's a smooth, seamless flow of cars, and uh, not only for the auction environment, yes. but also to make sure that it's a smooth television show as well. Yes. With the average length of one of our daily shows is about seven hours, yeah. day after what day do you, after do you day. Do you coffee, do you do a Red Bull, what do you do to keep going, or do you do you nothing, you're just motivated? You know, <laughs> It may or may not surprise Love of the car. you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's the it's the adrenaline, it's the excitement of being responsible for yes. such a major event, mm -hmm. wanting to always remain accurate and relevant uh, on the commentary, mm -hmm. not trying to get outside too far of a box of accuracy as well. So um, we get pretty cranked up. I mean, the adrenaline is flowing when that. You're getting that, cranked up right now. <laughs> sort of the way. You know, it's interesting. It's, it's the way we're all wired. We. We eat, live, and breathe the auction environment, the car auctions, yes. which ties back to our early part of our discussion here today of, you know, it sure seems like there's a lot of auctions. It is becoming the way to sell a collector car. Right. That's sort of the bottom line, uh, maybe because of exposure on television, but I think more than that, it's an effective, easy, seamless way for anybody that wants to sell a car to bring it to an auction. Right. Craigslist and anything else you want to use, it's great, but not, who, many wants, who wants to talk to people on the internet, have people come to their house, right. I'm going to send a deposit. Yeah. At a Mecham auction, you bring your car to the auction, it sells or it doesn't, if it sells, you get paid. If it doesn't, you take your car home. We're going to sell the majority of the cars that come to an auction. And uh, I think other people are saying, well, we want to, we want to do this too. But our competition, there's plenty of them out there, they look at us with how many auctions we do, how many yes. cars we handle, and they say, how do these guys do that? Right. And we do it because there's a culture of very heavily motivated, high energy, talented people that take an immense amount of pride in what they do. And that's a, that's a in any business, that's a difficult combination to try to replicate. So our business keeps going up, we still consigning more cars, setting new records, auction after auction, year after year. Been doing this since 1988. Great. Thanks to your TV show, we kind of can see what's going on from the comfort of our home, and we see a lot of guys on the phone. And how does that work? Who's calling in, and, and they're talking to your representatives? 
absentee bidders uh, are a big part of what we do because not everybody can travel to the auction. Right. So uh, what you might find interesting is 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 anybody that's and of course you have to pre-register in advance. Yeah. But what they do is they get a telephone call from their telephone representative that's going to be on the phone with them when the car's on the block and. We do a preview. It's usually done the day before the car's on the block. Well, that individual person that's assigned to them will walk around the car with the cell phone and describe the car accurately and allow questions to be asked. And that way, too, when they get on the phone the next day, they've already established a rapport. So it's not like it's a couple of yeah, strangers. That makes sense. They've already talked the yeah, day before. Yeah, okay. What you might find maybe one of the most fascinating dynamics of the entire auction process in the many years we've been doing this, and I don't have any data on how many cars get sold via... Uh, uh, absentee bidding, but it's probably in the 5% range, a small percentage, so yeah. a lot of cars, not one unhappy person bought over the phone sight unseen because of the neutrality and the and the objectivity and the knowledge of our staff that's on the phone with them. We're not trying to sell them the car. They're right. not our cars. We're giving them our factual opinion. And in today's world, everybody's connected via social media. If we're making people unhappy, that word's going to be out instantly. Good news doesn't hardly even move a radar screen, but bad news is what seems to be jumping all over the place all the time. So, yeah, internet bidding, uh, also part are, of that as well, but sorry, not as popular as the phone bidding. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but are they watching your TV feed as this is going on, or how do they... How are they hooked in with the audio to know their, for their timing, uh, like you know, to raise or whatever? Here's what they're typically doing. This is something a lot of people don't realize. Um, about half of our shows live and half is taped and re-aired at a, either later in the day or the next day. Yeah, okay. And then these shows get re-aired over the course of the year anyway. So you really can't watch the television show and monitor it. Oh, okay. So what we do is, there's a couple things. We have a we have a computer generated lineup of who our absentee bidders are, and as that phone number comes up and the lot number, we call that person. And as it's rolling onto the block, we have them on the telephone. But here's what everybody can do, and all your listeners can do it as well. Go to Meekum.com and hit the click now button. Watch our webcast. Oh, our auctions, gavel to gavel, from the first snap of the hammer to the last one every day, is streamed with cameras and audio nonstop. Okay. No breaks. I no, no, no commentary. You're not going to hear me or any of my compadres on the air with commentary. But you're going to see great views of the cars. You're going to hear the auctioneer. You're going to see the bid screen. Yes. You're going to see a description of the car upon your screen. Guys, it is awesome. So what somebody will do is they'll have that on. They'll be monitoring the auction, and a and a pre-registered phone bidder will typically have their computer on gotcha. watching our webcast. And our viewers that are watching us live, they'll do the same thing because when we're live, we do commercial breaks. You say, oh, I wanted to see that 68 old that's coming right. across the block. Right, okay. Yeah. If you long, have your computer on, meekum.com, you can follow along with it, never miss a car. One of the other areas, awesome. I, think, I think two or three years ago, there was a Joe Montana, there was a Joe Montana car that came in. So there's a component of celebrity cars. There was a, I, I was calling it a pile, there was a pile of cars that looked pretty bleak and they were a collection of some rock band's cars. So what kind of, what is the celebrity element of the Meekum auction and do you have any that you're aware of for this year in, on, on Monterey? Well, there's different, you know, celebrity spans a yeah. wide range. Yeah. Define a celebrity, I don't really know, but go ahead. You know, A-plus list celebrities might be, you know, Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, yeah. Frank Sinatra, that type of a yeah. thing. So depending on what level of celebrity might 
may or may, or may not have an impact on the value of the car. Ultimately, ultimately, it's still all about the car. And at some point, that celebrity connection is going to become less important. But I would say a general rule is celebrity cars are going to put more eyeballs on a specific car. It is going to make a difference. Uh, just depends on who that is. A-list, B-list, C-list, D-lister. Right. Sports person, sure. singer. I mean, yeah. uh, but we sold certainly. We've over the years, we've sold plenty of cars for that have a celebrity connection, and sometimes they really, really ring the bell. Steve McQueen, again, oh, that's yes. another A plus lister. A plus lister, yeah. yeah. What's the most expensive cars uh, this year? You think you're gonna have a Monterey? Um, I think probably the 1954 uh, Ferrari, uh, the Monza, owned by Patty and Dana Meek, and part of their personal collection. Um, buzz on that cars could be anywhere between 15, 20 million dollars. So that's more uh, the potential sale of that one car would be more than some entire auctions we do. We just did our Denver auction last week with about 600 cars, and I think had roughly numbers still coming in about 10 million dollars in sales for the total auction. So, so hit that, yes. yeah. So we'll see. That's going to be one we'll be watching for. But lots of million dollar, lots of seven uh, plus figure cars going to be at this auction, which is again talk about the dynamic of Monterey. What sure. makes it different? It's the average price per car by far, uh, double, triple what we normally would see at a Meekum auction. Speaking of celebrity, I, I saw that you had a listed car of uh, Elvis Presley. Uh, so it's a, six, a mid '60s uh, family car. Family car. Yeah, it's a Lincoln Continental that was uh, well known at the time and now as legitimately not just a story that may or may not be true uh, as a car owned by the Elvis Presley family and operated by them. It's in uh, you know sort of average as-used condition. It's you can even call it a barn find. And uh, the car obviously has a lot of charm, a lot of Elvis fans. Sure. We'll be watching that one. It's not, not going to bring over the top money, but uh, hopefully a collector gets it and checks off that box in, in his collection of having a car from a you know, well-known celebrity. And certainly, you know, Elvis, he was a car guy. He loved cars. Yes, yes. And uh, so it's nice somebody with a passion all these years later still, still has some resonance there. When you guys are doing... Uh, Putting values on cars, you have, you gather your own data based on auction sales. Right. Uh, is that data like sold to other outfits, like to Haggerty's, some of these uh, collector car insurance? Or no. Else? It's your own data, and you yeah. keep it. And it's it's uh it's it's out there for the pu public to see. We don't. Uh, oh, it's for everyone. Hide. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You go to meekum.com, sign up as an InfoNet member. It's free. It just requires oh, an okay. email address, and it allows anybody to easily and seamlessly go on and search and look for specific year, make models of cars, specific auctions, and with the click of your, click of your computer mouse, you can literally call that information up. And I'm going to just brag a little bit and say that not only is it easy to use, but it is, here's the bragging part, it really honestly is the best way for a potential buyer, seller, somebody who's looking for values to try to determine what a specific car might be worth, because looking at real data, whether the car sold or whether it didn't, the high bid on no sales will be listed, and of course the sale price of what the cars actually brought will be on there as well. And we've been told by many people, including dealers, that that's um, our Meekum Auction website, Meekum.com, the car search feature is their number one go-to to look at comparable values in real time. And there's 
literally thousands and thousands there. I would hard, be hard-pressed to think that there's not any relatively common type cars that's not going to have a huge variety of cars to compare and look at. And it's fun just to look at. Take take you know the informational or the uh, business aspect out of it just purely for information and fun I get lost in it for hours and how do you guys weed out the the 23 uh, window Samba van our claims to be how do you look at that to see if it's fraud or not what we do is um, we have a in-house staff of uh, car guys that are looking at every description that we get from a consigner and there'll be certain statements that'll be made that will pop all kinds of red flags up. And if we suspect that there might be a problem, uh, just based on our experience over the years with a description of a car, we will get a hold of that consigner and say, before we can post the car and the description, we need bona fide proof that what you're saying is real. And it would be in the case you mentioned, a 23 window VW, uh, as opposed to something that's been hacked up and converted uh, right. yeah. from just a standard uh, van, uh, or in the case of, uh, say, like numbers matching engine or original paint or one owner, all those kind of statements that do add value and desirability to a car. Those statements all have to be proven, and if they are cannot be proven, and a typical answer is, well, I don't have any proof, but that's what the guy I bought it from told me. Unfortunately, that does not fly. So we'll have to start taking those comments or those uh, that information out of the description because we're not going to we're not a clearinghouse for guys that let's just say want to use sales puffery it's got to be factual it has to be as factual as possible and we literally have it down to a science now we've got enough people in place to make sure that's another reason to buy through an auction house like Mikamato thank you yeah Yeah. thank you yeah it's a it's a good way to wrap up we want to thank John Craman for being our guest. We've had a little bit of a noisy uh, place here today. Birthday lunchtime. We're at an old school restaurant in Monterey. Uh, it's fun. Sandbar. By the way, I got engaged here. Just to let you know. Oh, <laughs> a long time ago. But uh, thank you, John, very much. You just the knowledge just pours out of you. So we really appreciate you being our guest today. On oh, the our Ripley pleasure, Driver man. Appreciate podcast. the interest, guys. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yep.